It is uh, the art of everything. Gail Bosch joins me on the line, and she's the product head at Artins. And I hope I am uh, getting that name correct. Gail, how are you doing? Art Insure is the, yes, that is it. Yes, Art Insure, Art sorry. I think my typist ran out of uh, words in the typewriter. (laughs) Um, Art Insure is is what the company is called. And Gail is the product head, uh, a division that uh, is a specialist in in terms of uh, risk. Well, it's a specialist division underwritten by ITOO, right? Or is it I2? So, yes, it's called I2. So, I2. so I2, yeah, Art Insure is a division of I2 Special Risks. Aha, fantastic stuff. Let's talk about this, Gail. Um, you know, this show dedicates a lot of time <laughs> um, talking around the business of art, talking around its tangible and intangible value. Um, and oftentimes what's missing from the conversation, and actually when I saw you coming up on my schedule, I thought, well, I've never had this conversation. I've never had it on air. I've never had it in, you know, the corridors. I've never had it in my private spaces with friends that are collectors. I've never had it with artists. I've never had it from the perspective of having a serious conversation about where do you go and what do you need to do when you are looking at safeguarding some of these artifacts, collectibles, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Is this a conversation that even comes up? Uh, on a regular, frequent basis, you know, in terms of the work that you guys, do you all see traction with people going, actually, wait, as part of, you know, my immovable and movable long-term, short-term insurance, what can you offer me by way of this? You're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people don't realize what they have in terms of collections and values. Mm. And if they do have an idea of what the value is, as you said, how to properly insure it. So these types of of assets, because they're appreciating, behave very differently to your normal insurance, you know, your replaceable items like fridges and TVs. Mm. They are unique. They are irreplaceable. Um, You know, they have a lot of intangible value Mm. um, in terms of their history, their provenance, but they do still have a financial value. Mm. So a big part of the, the protection and preservation of that is in terms of the financial value. And making sure that that is being protected. So mm. a specialist insurer knows, well, I too art insurer as the specialist insurer, yeah. are able to insure these items at agreed value. And the most important part is that we know how to deal with them when there's a claim. Mm. How to look after them, how to restore them, um, you know, what would happen in terms of the value following restoration after damage. And, you know, compensating our clients for that monetary loss. So they would get back their restored work as well as the difference in terms of the money that they've lost in value Mm. so that they're back in the same financial position. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, we we are seeing more and more people and we are galvanizing more and more people to really take a serious interest in the world. And, and, I mean, and if we hone in our conversation even more specifically in the world of of visual arts and and artifacts and, 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 you know, all these collectible uh, crafts and, and really... Part of the other part that we should be emphasizing is because on the one hand, we are driving you to see the value in what is intangible. Um, we also need to then school you on 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 the insurance element of it, on the risks of it um, and how to safeguard yourself against those risks. 
Yes, and the differing options that you would avail, be, you know, that you would have available in terms of, of insurance cover. Mm. You know, for example, additional optional extras like having cover for fakes and forgeries, mm. or or having cover for defective title, which is essentially cover for inadvertently purchasing stolen works. So your ah. title to the work is defective. Wow. Um, you know, there are definitely specialist covers. You know, recognizing pairs and sets, which most insurance companies don't do on a content policy. Mm. Um, we would know that, for example, if it's a you know antique lounge suite mm. and one item is damaged, that affects the impact of the whole set. Yeah. So that is recognized on a on a specialist art policy. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing more of an uptake for, you know, people coming to you to ask the relevant questions? And, and what's maybe some of the biggest concerns that, that South Africans are sort of uh, highlighting as they spark this conversation with the likes of yourself said, Art Nishua? We are seeing an uptake. Um, and yes, it is actually very, very um, encouraging to see. Partly because I think during um, a lot of the financial hardships, mm. art is also being seen as, as an, another asset class to diversify mm. portfolios. Mm. So that's becoming a very important part. And, and in terms of that, as you said, it is an asset that needs to be protected and insured. Mm. And it needs to be insured properly. And yeah. in order to do that, it does need to be valued properly, which means that we do need to have an independent valuer have a look make sure that it is insured at the correct value. And then once we've got that agreed value established, that is exactly what would be paid out if there was a... Yeah. Uh, it is the voice of Gail Bosch, who is the product head at Art Insure. I, I didn't lose you there, right, Gail? You're still around? No. Still okay, here. there we go. There we go. Okay, you know, you never know with this dodgy networks in this country, thanks to <laughs> load shedding. Um, <laughs> so I'm always on the edge these days. You, you just... You just brought up another thought in my head as you're talking about, um, um, you know, the asset class and sort of assessing values and 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 really art being to some degree uh, subjective as well. Its value it can be temperamental at times. What what is up can also go down a couple of years later. It's a very tricky business. Um, and and how do you sort of, you know, in the lamest terms, if you can help us understand, how do you navigate that? Um, you know, how do you assess value? What is valuable? It's future value. And should it then depreciate backwards, which sometimes happens? You know, we see it sometimes with, with visual artists. They'll be popping today. You buy a piece, 300,000. Next year, it's valued at 500,000. But in 10 years time, it's 100. Um, how, how do you sort of assess that? Because it's not as easy as a car or a house or, or anything no, that I can right. compare it with. <laughs> There's no set, um, um, you know, in index that would increase for every single artist. Mm. Um, it would be different for for different artists, and we do recommend that clients get their art valued at least every two years for mm. the contemporary works, mm. at least every year, because um, you would have seen in the news an artist like Nelson Macamo, yeah, who. who is a relatively young artist, all of a sudden, if he's on the cover of Times Magazine as part of Oprah Winfrey's collection, yeah. you can imagine his values are going to skyrocket. And then our clients need to ensure that they have ensured their work for the correct value. Mm. And in order to do that, we have a panel of independent valuers that we put together mm. um, that the clients can use to, to you know, expertly value mm. their work. Mm. Is there anything that we need to sort of 
safeguard against as you know young collectors people getting into the space um anything that you know if you were gathering us in a room to to sort of enlighten us and 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 educate us a little bit more that you would go if if you walk away from this room this is your one takeaway that you need to consider in as far as you know all your precious collectibles and insurance um, I can think of two very important ones. The yeah. first, obviously, being the valuation, because that is the cornerstone of being able to insure, to insure an appreciating asset. Mm. Once you've got that value determined, then you can get it properly insured. Mm. Um, other aspects are to pay attention to where the artworks are hanging, because no insurance company is going to cover for wear and tear, or you know, if it's hung in sunlight and mm. it gradually fades. So things like that, that it's got to be hung in the correct places, Sufficient security at the premises. Obviously, safety is always a risk in South Africa. Yes. We, we do have an art theft register. So one of the challenges that we have with clients that have had work stolen is that they don't always have a very clear image. Mm. If there is a clear image, then we can load it onto our art theft register for the secondary market to check against to make yes. sure that they're not, st- not selling any stolen works. Yes. And we have had some success in recovery. Not as much as I'd like. Yeah. But we have had some success in, in theft recovery. So having documented images of your artwork is vital. Yeah. And There's no chance of getting that picture of that image afterwards. And I can't tell you how many times we've had photographs of family gatherings around a table with the artwork in the background, but mm. you've got to try and zoom. It's, it's very important to have clear documentation of the images because you can't get them afterwards. Yeah. I mean, you know, so much to think about. And even just, um, you know, the, the, the secondary market, as you say, a lot of people who sort of are serious collectors, um, you know, they, they're very much aware that for the longest time, historically across the world, uh, you know, art is one of those things that's susceptible to being stolen and easily fenced off on the black market for millions and millions of dollars <laughs> in runs um, and often not recovered at all. Um, and, and so it becomes a very tricky, a tricky cat and mouse game to try and recoup and recover your works when it's been stolen, especially if it's significant works. Absolutely. And, and sometimes we're lucky in a you know, generation or two, then, you know, one of the, the relatives who have inherited works may bring it out into the market again. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's great when that happens. But for me, the saddest part is the theft of, um, you know, recyclable materials like copper mm. and bronze sculptures and those that get melted down basically into the metal that they're made from. Wow. Wow. And that's, just like that, it's gone. And just like that, it's gone. Oh, wow. So much to consider here. So much to consider. Because even when, uh, you know, as you were talking about sort of documenting and making sure that you have, and I think we do this with household uh, objects, right? You take pictures of your television, your wigs, your handbags, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you might as well take pictures of the artwork that's hanging in your walls because you, 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 uh, you brought up sort of the documentation. And in my one thought was, there's a responsibility there as well with artists, I guess, to ensure that they use modern technologies to authenticate their works, to make it a little bit easier for when I document on my side and when your assessors come from your side to make sure that it's authenticated work, so it's valued correctly, it's it's credited correctly, um, and you safeguard even against forgeries. Um, Absolutely, you've hit the nail on the head because artists many decades ago did not have the technology that artists today have. Yeah. So now we've got this, this fantastic technology that 
you know, through your phone, you can document and save it on a cloud and, you know, keep a body of work if you are an artist yeah. to ensure authenticity. So it, you're absolutely right. It is so, so important. I mean, we live and we learn every day. I found out uh, I was at Bag Factory one of the weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and just having a conversation uh, with LL Editions, who are a lithography, a renowned lithography studio in, in South Africa. And, mm -hmm. and I was asking them about pieces of work in terms of like, you know, how do you know that the print is the print from that particular time frame from that particular artist? And they were saying that, you know, in the paper that they use, uh, particular papers are manufactured at particular times using uh, very specific components. So you're able to trace the paper to verify that, yes, that is actually a whatever artist from that time period. So it is authentic because the paper says so. It's, it's um, you know, wherever they get the paper manufactured, it's documented, the formulation is recorded, it's dated, you know it came from that role. So if they say it is a Bridget Massinger from 2022, but the paper predates that, you're like, no, actually, it's not a Bridget Massinger because we've authenticated the actual paper. And it's so many things to just, like, the business of art has so many components that I think all intersect. And if you drop one ball, you you completely destroy everything along the line. It's quite possible, yes. And with these works, as you, you know, it's, it's irreplaceable. They're one of a kind. You can't really go out and buy another one. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, not, not exactly the same. It could probably be similar, but no, they are unique. And, and particularly the, the heritage items. Yes, yes. Um, you know, items that have been around for hundreds of years, those arguably are even more important to look after because they're already fragile. Oh, absolutely. Then I, I wonder then, Gail, from an art and show perspective, um, you know, what kind of work? We had this brief concern as South Africans early in the year, parliament burning down. Oh, my gosh, there goes, you know, all of our heritage items that are stored in parliament buildings. I'm wondering from your perspective and, and the work that you guys do, you're perfectly well placed to sort of give us a little bit of insight as well. You, you know, are we doing enough just from a South African perspective, government institutes, institute, you know, art institutes, museums, national museums, national sites, are we doing enough to sort of safeguard and ensure against the, the history that we have? Are those things archived, documented, insured, safeguarded enough? I think they can always be done better. Yeah. Uh, there, there are still exposures. And of course, there are works that, that perhaps aren't insured properly or aren't necessarily being looked after properly. Yeah. Um, which is really sad. So much to consider. So, so much to consider. But as a parting shot, Gail, for anybody that, because uh, now I think you've sparked the intrigue of many people, Art Insure um, is definitely where you go. And uh, Gail Bosch is the product head at Art Insure, which is a division of a specialist risk insurer, I2. Um, and you've got web presence, uh, artinsure.co.za or .coza. Just for people to type in an inquiry and maybe yes, get you in. Awesome stuff. Thank you so much uh, for, for enlightening us. Uh, definitely a conversation that sparked some thought um, and, you know, some things for us to look into. Uh, that was Gail Bosch, product head of Art Insure, talking to us about, uh, you know, the world of safeguarding some of those intangible goods that you might have under your collection.